0: ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on the laptop watch what i'm gonna do welcome to the show let them know we got a point of view hey yo let's have a combo say what you feel be real that's the motto real talk pronto dr d phd hit the intro hold up wait gotta be social network global, home for the local gotta be social network global, home for the local all right as i said this is gonna be a lot of fun we're learning about you lisa and the practice of yoga. But first question, how did yoga come into your life?
1: I think like a lot of people, uh, I was at a gym. It happened to be a class that they were offering and I was looking for something to kind of supplement some of the weightlifting and cardio I was doing and didn't realize I was going to fall down this rabbit hole of absolutely loving, uh, yoga as, um, practice in my, in my life, not necessarily about working out, but diving deeper into what yoga started to mean for me.
0: So that's interesting is the word practice. I keyed on that. Do you think yoga is more of a practice than a workout or how do you see that?
1: Well, I think we've whitewashed it (laughs) into being a workout because it's usually part of a gym. It's part of your workout routine, but The more you kind of dive into like the history, the background, what yoga really is, it should be a practice. It should never be something that there's an end point to. And it's about, I always approach it as what do I need today? Because every time I step on my mat, it's a different experience because I'm not the same person when I step on the mat on Tuesday that I was when I did on Saturday. So approaching it from this place of curiosity. And wanting to explore what maybe my practice has to reveal to me today takes a lot of the pressure off of aesthetically having to look a certain way or getting certain poses in or doing things in a way that feels like appropriate (laughs) or right or correct, but letting the practice unfold so that I get from it what I actually need from it today.
0: All right, so let's talk about, uh, let's just dive into this. So you talked about the whitewashing or maybe the westernizing also of yoga. Speaking of unfolding, how has this unfolded in your mind that it has come to this point with yoga?
1: You know, I have social media to thank for a lot of it because, you know, I was in this space of where it was treated as a workout. It was treated as this is what you do. And then I started following, Uh, women of color who are doing this, women from India who are from the background of this and really taking a look at being like, am I appropriating this or am I trying to incorporate this into my practice and taking a step back and realizing I'm saying certain things like namaste is usually a pretty big one. I've stopped saying that in my classes because I've heard other people say that it's a term reserved for teachers and leaders and stuff like that. And to use it so casually started to feel wrong. So it was about examining the ways that maybe I wasn't honoring yoga's roots and following women and other practitioners of color or who are from that background and really trying to take the wisdom from them and incorporate it more into my practice and in, into how I teach.
0: It's interesting you say that. It's like, we do that with a lot of words, right? Yes. Okay, here's a big one. Here's a big one, karma, right?
1: Right. I mean, like <laughs>
0: we have destroyed the actual meaning of karma. And yes. I mean, it's like, a, you did this, now you get what you deserve type of thing we've like destroyed it you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i think you know there's the t-shirts and the tank tops and the casual use of certain words that are you know really sacred in yoga practices that we have like commercialized in a way that they weren't ever meant to so really examining that for myself and being how can i honor this practice that i love so much um and go back to the roots of where it really came from. So that it doesn't feel (laughs) like I'm trying to just put my own like white woman spin on it.
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. It's just funny how, you know, it's like you tell somebody something and you tell somebody else something, then they start making up their own meanings for things. It's just like the game phone. You know, it's like, oh, that was not exactly what the original idea (laughs) of something was there. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how you like as a teacher, a practitioner, how do you feel about kind of the well, obviously, yoga, like a lot of things has had some scandal. It has, you know, this kind of yoga guru. There's gurus and everything that people Mm -hmm. report. But in yoga, is there an element that maybe lends itself to kind of this guru mentality or people following somebody, this kind of leader uh, type person?
1: I think so. I mean, I think. You could almost compare it to things like CrossFit as well, where you get those people who are hardcore about it, where there's something that calls to some part of you or that you feel really drawn to that you can find this connection with. And like anything, you can (laughs) dive too deeply into it, kind of let yourself be sucked into following certain people, doing certain things. And before you know it, you're like, oh, this was not at all what I signed up for. So I think it's having that kind of self-awareness to be able to say, okay, am I following this because I truly believe it? Or is this something that I don't fit in with the crowd?
0: Mm. If I'm
1: not following everything that this person does, if I don't buy into everything that this person is selling is just to find and create what works for you. And that might mean kind of taking piecemeal from everything else. But I think like anything, it's dangerous to be like there is only one way to do something yeah. and it's only this person's way to do it um opening yourself up to being like if we all get to the same end point if i feel good at the end of my class did it matter how i got to this point it shouldn't but i think for some people they just need that thing to hold on to to grip on to and be yeah. like this is the dogma this is the practice that i have to do and it makes me feel safer to have these particular rules or ways of doing things
0: what do you think about the spirituality aspect of yoga? It feels like in part of the westernization of yoga is, is almost sometimes trying to take the spiritual nature of it out and make it like more mindfulness instead.
1: Yes. Uh, yoga is at its, I think its essence, it's supposed to be a, a spiritual practice. But I think it's it's one of those ways that we can, how do I want to say anything? It's, it's a way that we can maybe make it feel more palatable to a wider audience. And I think sometimes that's the risk we run in being like, how can I appeal to the most people? Well, if I water down these certain aspects and sometimes you just have to say, you know what, this is what we're doing. (laughs) If you don't particularly align with that, then I'm not going to be the teacher for you. And sometimes it's going to be having to stand firm in the beliefs of like, this doesn't feel right to me. I don't want to water these aspects down because it's a beautiful history and the spirituality and the almost religion aspect to it is beautiful part of it. And to feel like you're trying to either water it down or separate those two, I think ultimately does a disservice to people who practice it where they can't maybe dive deeper into it in a way that maybe goes beyond the physical poses of yoga.
0: So it feels like obviously yoga has been around for a long, long time, but it feels like in our current society, it's having a moment, even though it's had many, it's been around for a while. What do you, what do you attribute that to?
1: I think a huge part of it does have to do with social media because the one very, you know, like Minor aspect of yoga is the asana or what we call the physical poses. And those are really Instagrammable. Those are easy to do a TikTok with. Those are easy to put out there and show. It's not maybe so easy to show people sitting there breathing because that's a big part of yoga as well. So there are parts of yoga that I think are easy to showcase and and that's important to be able to show people different parts of it. But I think that can also go in the other way where you have people who say, well, I could never do that. So yoga's off the list for me. If I had a, like a dollar for every time somebody says, I won't, I can't come to yoga class. I'm not flexible. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're kind of missing the point here that there's this idea that you have to look a certain way for yoga and you don't
0: so and, and that you think has been perpetuated by social media is that maybe the people who are putting out the content, uh, certain different people are putting out content that says, hey, look like this. This is you wear these things, you know, I was, there's a big uh, fashion element to yoga, clearly. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We wouldn't have some of probably like a Lululemon or Athleta right. or some of these other you know brands if they wouldn't sell this aspiration of to look a certain way, to be that yoga mom, to be looking that the part, say like, yes, I practice yoga. I've got the right pants, the right little top, the perfect mat, everything, this aesthetic that is like, this shows that I practice yoga when it yeah. can really be so much simpler than that.
0: I struggle with the aesthetic part of a lot is, I mean, I've been in the fitness business 22 years. I've just always struggled with the aesthetic part of like a lot of things. Like if you're, let's say you're doing some yoga pose and you're in Paris and you're in front of a train station and you're doing some handstand, it's like, what about that is actual like promoting the practice? And what about that is like a thirst trap, you know, like, right. That's that's what gets me about all of it. i'm I'm trying to like wade my way through, like, okay, what's when does the practice start and the promotion begin? You know, like,
1: yeah, I think that's a fine line that anybody who promotes kind of yoga out in the world that you kind of have to to draw for yourself because I think it can be a matter of this is just about me showing off, yeah. and it's less about me showcasing, you know, how different people could access this pose, how you could use props to get into this pose, how you could make it maybe more accessible to people who are new to the practice, as opposed to just showcasing literally what is a split second in time of you doing a handstand or you getting your leg in a certain position. And I think that does more to showcase about you and what you think you need to look like in order to do yoga, as opposed to making it accessible to others. And I think, you know, that you're perfectly within your right, if that's what you sure. want to do. Yeah. But I think hopefully, and I I see more and more people out there, more teachers out there showcasing different ways to use yoga in your life so that uh, it becomes more like a tool in your toolbox of things that you can do, as opposed to uh, this is how you have to look. This is what yoga looks like.
0: Yeah. You now it's it's interesting, like this whole month, I'm talking to just primarily yoga instructors or yoga enthusiasts and stuff. And this is everybody from people who have very tiny whatever followings to people who are like huge uh, yoga YouTubers, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And when it's interesting, I had a great conversation uh, with one of them. And I was like, very honest. I said, well, isn't part of this maybe kind of like the the sexiness? You know, it's like, because like if you wear a bikini when you're doing yoga, even though it's hot outside, like, do you realize like, like people are looking at it not just for yoga? You know, like, right. there's a, like, I just like to be honest about it. You know,
1: Like, exactly. Like, yes. I have a
0: fairy tale about it. Like, if you're putting out a certain thing, I'm okay if people want to do that. I just want them to like admit it. <laughs> like,
1: right. I would 100% agree with that. Where it'd be like, yeah. If Do you, if that's how you feel the most authentic in that, yeah. but like you said, be honest in that. No, I just wanted to do it because I looked great today and I really liked the beach that I'm on and the bikini I'm wearing. And so, yeah. but yeah, admit that that's what you're doing it for, as opposed to, no, this is really yoga,
0: <laughs> which is crazy. You know, like a lot of yoga influencers, if you talk to them, the, and you know, in the YouTube, the demographics are overwhelmingly men like hugely primarily men, very little women watch these videos. A lot of people don't know that. And I say, you know, I said, listen, we could be honest why that's happening. Right. I mean, like we're not idiots here. like you're <laughs> catering to it. I'm OK with that. But I'm just saying we should have a discussion because there are people who think if you say I'm doing it just for the practice, so like maybe <laughs> on some level. but there's also a sensual sexual element so we should talk we can talk about it but let's be honest because the other yoga practitioners are like man i don't know like is that me or not you know i think it's an interesting conversation to have you know
1: right because sometimes it almost sets up this expectation of how do i sex this up so that i can compete and stay on the level with these big influencers these big people who have these followings and like you said if they're mostly men following, not because they're practicing yoga, you're missing a big demographic of people who want to do yoga and to be able to present it in many different forms and make it uh, something that anybody could search for and find and actually hopefully connect with a teacher that, you know, makes sense to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I just like the reality of stuff. I'm like, if it's my primarily guys, I think we all know why they're on there. I mean, right. like, I, mean, I mean, it wasn't born yesterday. I mean, you know, that's why I like to talk to. Var- I said, I want to talk to all different yoga instructors, different body types, different levels of what they're trying to astri- strive for and, and get a good idea. What's the entry point for different people for that? What does the practice mean to them? Is it a more sensual practice to them? Is it a more spiritual practice? So for you where do you lie where, where do you enter into that how do you see yourself in in the yoga atmosphere i guess you could say
1: <laughs> I think honestly for me it started to be i entered in it at physically like i think almost everybody does but then it has kind of taken this turn towards spirituality because it was really one of the first practices physical movement practices that I got into that helped me connect my brain and my body. Cause I got really good at being like, Oh, I'm just doing this for my body. I don't have to, it's half an hour, an hour, whatever it is that I can turn my brain off. But yoga was really about this practice for me of connecting my brain and my body and using my breath and using movement to kind of find that little bit of inner calm, to find that space to process things, to let things not process whatever it was, but it became much more than just how I moved my body. It was definitely a way for me to start to listen to my thoughts, listen to myself and figure out what is it that I want? What do I need?
0: So now when you're with yoga, are you someone who subscribes to like primarily just yoga? I mean, I know you had talked about lifting weights and stuff like that. Cause it's interesting. There's kind of like the yoga professionals. Like all I do is yoga. Like I don't do anything else. Like, or there's people who do a variety of different modalities of exercise. How do how do you look at it?
1: You know, I love yoga, but there's a part of me that has a hard time turning my teacher brain off. When I go to yoga classes, <laughs> whereas like I go to a class, I'm like, Ooh, I love that sequence. I should remember that. <laughs> so there is an aspect that, you know, I do love to take other classes, but I also know that I enjoy so many other different types of movement and a big part of like, you know, yoga and all that stuff was helping me redefine what movement meant to me and wanting to do things that I enjoy. So teaching classes, I kind of get yoga in a lot. So it's not always something that I reach for as my go-to. I like to mix it up. I like different things. It keeps me interested. It keeps me motivated to do things, but like anything, you got to like what you do or you're not going to keep doing it. So for me, it's, you know, sometimes it takes me a while to find a teacher I really connect with. Cause I think that's important too, because that's a huge part of the class is the personality, the vibe, the energy of the person teaching. And I don't always kind of connect with that. So I'm really particular when it comes to yoga classes about who I'll t- take classes from because I'm really sensitive to, I know what I want at the end, how I want to feel at the end of the experience and not everybody gives you <laughs> that feeling that like, hmm, I don't know that I'm going to like this or yeah. maybe I will really like this. Yeah. So <laughs> it's finding that nice balance. All
0: right, let's move into this. I really, I think this is a topic I think is interesting for yoga professionals. Let's talk about the business of yoga. Mm-hmm. and often in something that is, is has a very artistic feel to people struggle with the business aspect of it how do you see the business of yoga and how you approach that
1: um that's a really interesting question i think mostly for me it's been i have been hired on in other places so it's not necessarily always been something I've had to necessarily focus on. I'm kind of moving more into that this year where I'm opening up some online spaces for memberships for people to practice at. Uh, it's, it was funny when I was doing my 200-hour training, when we got to, towards the end, we actually did have this kind of conversation as part of our our learning where it's like it sounds really romantic that you're going to get this studio and you're going to have the mirrors and the perfect candlelight and you're going to have all these wonderful props like you're going to have to be a little realistic (laughs) about you know can a community your community sustain something like this are there more than are there several yoga studios out there how are you going to get teachers how are you going to handle a space so I think like any business there's this logistics to it that sometimes we forget in the romance of wanting to open up a yoga studio and feeling like we're going to have this perfectly zen space and it's just going to be amazing and we forget that there is a business side to it it's going to be taxes it's going to be charging membership it's going to be all of these other things that are not sexy or glamorous about opening any kind of business and I think it's something that as yoga teachers we need to be really blunt about and talking about, no, it's not easy. And yeah, it's easy for places to fold or losing spaces and stuff like that. And kind of like we did in the beginning, having those honest conversations about why you're opening your studio.
0: Yeah. And that, that's why I never begrudge anybody in our business, our larger business for doing um, videos and things like that. And, and however they want to express themselves in that, because it can be hard to sustain it. So if you yeah. end up getting a great following on YouTube, or whatever, and you're getting income from that, that's more power to you because you can still do your practice
1: and yes. you can
0: still reach a lot of people. It may be weird, <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing something you love. You get to produce yoga videos and, and reach people in a different way. And I think more options for people who are in these type of fields, I think, is critical for the long term success of it.
1: Well, and I, it's always one of those things that I have people say, oh, I would love to come to your class. Tell me where it is. And then you have a class somewhere and nobody shows up. Yeah. And I think we also need to talk a lot about since 2020 in-person spaces have changed. It's yeah. not the same space that we're used to and not everybody is really comfortable with 50 people packed into a small room. So there are these new guidelines that we need to take into consideration that, you know, maybe in-person doesn't make the most sense for you. Maybe it. you can have a larger reach. You can uh, come, bring, bring a following of people online that maybe aren't comfortable coming out into a big space and just don't have the ability to come to a studio to practice, but they do have the ability to play on a YouTube video.
0: Most definitely. I see it going that way quite a bit, kind of this hybrid approach. And that, listen, the, what we're doing right now was unthinkable a long time ago. Yes. It's like, wow, I watched this in Back of the Future. You know, <laughs> t- Michael Keaton talking to someone on a phone. It's like, wow, are we going to actually have that in life? Everybody does that now. It's not even a big deal. <laughs> think about 10, 20 years from now. It's going to be something mind-blowing. And yeah. I think that technology is not going to go backward. It's only going to go forward. And I think it's going to give more opportunity for people like us. So we should embrace it on some level because, you know, the technology is people are just not going to be like, done with the Internet. It's not like, so <laughs> addicted to it. Anyways, it's not like it's going to go backwards. Yeah, Well,
1: was like, I live in the Midwest. We just got a foot of snow in the last couple of days. So when I'm online, it's much easier for people to make it to my class than the fact that they're snowed in and they can't drive across town. So it was a lot about accessibility yoga spaces can be intimidating for people who don't feel like they fit that yoga body. And so giving people the opportunity to practice from the safety and privacy of their home, whenever they want to, when the kids are asleep or (laughs) before they wake up or lunchtime, when they've got that little bit of time, opening it up so that it works with their schedule, as opposed to being like, you have to show up at this time. And if you don't, you've missed it.
0: That's so true. It's like, if you box people in you give people choices, they're going to be happier having, no, there's when you have too many choices, it paralyzes people, but just having different options. You're like, well, I like to go in person, but mm, I don't want to do that today. I'm just going to, you know, watch something, a video. I mean, there's a lot of power of choice in that. Yes. And that I think is people want choice and the freedom of choice to do things like that, which I think is uh, a really interesting concept and why we should embrace technology by also being careful about it at the same time,
1: right? <laughs> but like, nice like double-edged sword, where it offers some nice things, but right? Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not like you embrace every single thing in your life and don't have any caution. Like, it's like, you meet somebody, seem like a nice person. I have to know, learn more about you. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's works that way. So, did I see that? Obviously, you're a podcaster as well, right? Yes. Did I see that you do like a dating podcast or something like that? I
1: do. I have, I have my own personal podcast, uh, BYOB. It's called Be Your Own Bliss, which is kind of talking about my own personal healing journey and kind of helping people walk through that. And then I was online dating over the summer and telling my friend all about these stories. She's like, You should talk about that on your podcast. And I'm like, No, we should start a podcast. Yeah. So, she's a relationship coach. And so I just talk about, you know, the bad dates that I've had. <laughs> <laughs> but that has been, yeah, it's called, so you're ready to date. And it was really this way for us to start talking about the dating topics that were coming up when I was talking to other single people and between yeah. her and having a way to process some of that in a way.
0: Okay. There's a lot, are there are a lot of bad dates. I mean, is that how this is working <laughs> out here? I mean...
1: You know, I think there is, there could be. And I, I've never, I've not had any dates that were like super terrible. Um, I've had some, you know, interesting dates that ended up being like, Oh, from hindsight, I'm like, there were a lot of red flags on that one. And I think it was this kind of like me coming to terms with what are my standards and what do I want? (laughs) And what do I expect? (laughs) What are my standards? and i think that was probably the biggest one that kind of imploded more dates than anything was like nope i have a standard and this is not it and (laughs) and knowing that you're like being single is much better than being just having a relationship and i think there's definitely you know a lot of choice out there and a lot of ability to to hook up or to do whatever you want to do but i think when it comes down to it, you just need to be very clear about what you want, what you expect, and holding firm to that, which is hard.
0: How does that work in the dating app world? I love this full disclosure. I mean, I've been married for 18 years and I'm, I love it. It's been awesome. It really is. I'm not one of these people who lie about that stuff. Like I would never. Like, yeah, it's great. And then I'll, I get off camera. And I'm like, yeah, I just said that, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I honestly, people, it's been amazing. So I, have, I haven't been you know haven't done dating in like forever like what's this environment like i've i've talked to a lot of people but the dating apps sound very crazy to me honestly it sounds crazy
1: you know it kind of is a little bit like the wild west in some respects where you know it it kind of feels like the, it's lopsided in that there are way more men on the apps than there are women yeah. and so i for me it was really about finding like fun questions that I was asking consistently Dang. to, to, to see what people were. And there was, I had a pretty strict cutoff. I'm like, if I ask you two questions and you can't ask me anything back, then we're unmatching. I'm moving on. <laughs> you can't match this energy. If you can't carry on a text conversation, I don't have time for this.
0: <laughs> oh, this I'm is not- a Text conversation. I thought it was a real conversation. <laughs> no,
1: this is like, you know, it's something besides and you, So you ask a question, they answer, and then they'll just turn it around and say, and you I'm like, okay, that's something, but there has to be this give and take. And I I think there's been kind of this awakening that maybe there are more people who haven't had to worry about a conversation or create like their personality, find their interests, kind of make themselves an interesting person. So that you have this fun back and forth. And that's what was missing from a lot of the dates. A lot of things didn't even get to dates because we would get to this point where I'm like, all right, he's not even asking me any questions. So apparently you're not interested. So wish you the best of luck and moving (laughs) on. And (laughs) you know, I think there was a a mental health aspect to all of this. So I was kind of active over the summer and then I kind of hit fall and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I deleted all of the apps. I started going out and trying to meet people in public, uh, created these little business cards that had my phone number on and some information about me. And I would pass them out if I saw somebody who was cute. So finding different ways to put myself out there and meet different people. And it's, (laughs) it's all about a journey. It's all about, you know, this could go really well. This could go not so well, but at the end of the day, knowing that I was going to be a hundred percent okay on my own. And that's where I really had to get to. And then I ended up meeting somebody who I've started dating and it seems to be, (laughs) it seems to have finally clicked, but I think there's so much work that you can do for yourself to get to a place where you can be the kind of partner you want to be. To whoever it is, it's not just about how that other person is. How are you going to be in that partnership, and making sure you're showing up in that way?
0: Let me tell you, you talked more about this than yoga. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> this, this is a serious topic for you. It's like, serious like, Maybe more I, serious yeah. than yoga right now, Lisa. <laughs> like Whoever this whoever this person is you're dating, you better ask a lot of questions. He
1: does. <laughs> like, he does. You keep asking a
0: lot of questions. <laughs> I mean, this was a much longer rant. <laughs> you know, the internet may have made people less dat- dateable on some level, because if you have a lot of options, you're kind of like, well, if I don't, if this doesn't work out, I have a lot of other options. Whereas like, I, yeah, I'm 44. Like when, when I was dating, it was like, you had to work hard, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, you had to really, cause it wasn't easy to actually find a date, you know, it was like, there wasn't, there wasn't like all this stuff that you can like, you can go on a date every day now if you want pretty much like, yeah. From what I've heard from my friends and stuff, like it's, it's easy, but the quality is low. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what you want. You want accessibility and low quality or you want to work harder or have better quality. I mean, it's, you know, it depends on what you're looking for, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think it's almost made it too easy in some respects mm. because it is always this idea of, Well, if I don't like this, then all I have to do is go back on the app, swipe a few more times and somebody else will pop up. So I, yeah, I think it has in this way kind of warped what our sense of maybe a good date is because we're like, oh, well, this didn't go super easy. It didn't go X, Y, and Z. (laughs) So I'll just swipe on, on somebody else. So yeah, it, it does take a little bit longer, a little harder to find those diamonds out there, but it's one of those things that I like, don't ever just put all your eggs in the like online dating basket, yeah. you know, talk to your friends, talk to coworkers, let people know that you're dating. You don't know if someone's brother's best friend's cousin <laughs> is single and might yeah. be the one for you. So it's, you know, about putting yourself out there and finding new hobbies, creating a life that you really love. And I think that always just feels like it attracts people to you.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's like, uh, people put up weird stuff on their profiles. Like they've been doing that forever. Like <laughs> right? it has to be even worse now. It's like some <laughs> dude catching a fish, or like you know <laughs> lifting weights or something. It's like,
1: well, I think there's like there are prompts, and you don't have to pick any one particular prompt, but pick the ones you want to answer. And I think that is where people of both genders of all genders miss the mark of like finding those prompts that lets you showcase the best about you. Cause it's yeah. really your first intro to somebody. And why would, why not try and put your best foot forward? I think there's like a missed opportunity for photographers out there to do like <laughs> mini shoots for dating profiles, because I think all of us could use a good, you know, photo shoot, putting some nice, good photos out there of you. And so there's a, a way to really do this so that you draw the right people in. But there's also a way to you just fall flat when you do this as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny? It's almost like a it's like a police lineup or something. It's like a bunch <laughs> of people there. and It's like number two. Yeah, right. that was the one. And then you're like, no, I didn't mean that. I mean that. Bring them back in. Like, that's, like, right. <laughs> that's what it seems like to me. I don't know. You know, and then people lie. You think about it. The people putting pictures up have you ever met someone and you're like, you don't look like that? Like, that's like a 20 year old, that picture is from like 20 years ago. <laughs> so yeah.
1: You know, it hasn't happened to me, but I know in talking with other people, it has happened to them. I'm like, yeah, we all have those like pictures, from like, however yeah. long ago. So I've always kind of kept this rule of like, if it's older than two years, I don't use it as yeah. a picture because enough is probably different and changed in that <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> but trying to find something that accurately represents you, um, I think it's sometimes harder for people than they think it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, and, and people just struggle with chatting with each other. You know, it's yes. it's a difficult thing. I, I even experienced that with people. I mean, most of the time people come on, it's great. We have a good time. We laugh. Every once in a while, turn on the camera, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to do all the talking I see. <laughs> i'm not sure yes. why we're doing this <laughs> like, you know and it's like hey the lights are on it's time to chat you know we're going back and forth we don't know each other it's basically dating <laughs> it's like yes i mean think about it. if you're a podcast host and you're bringing on all these different people you're kind of dating them you're like hey exactly who are you like you know what are you up to you know <laughs>
1: Well, I think it's a skill just like anything else. You don't just, yes, there are probably some people who are naturally gifted at that. I was not. It's a a skill that I've had to learn and practice Mm. getting over being shy and really quiet and getting to this space of like, no, I can ask a good question. I feel like I do a fairly decent job of listening and trying to carry that conversation, but approaching it as a skill that you build can sometimes, you know, work wonders, not necessarily in dating, but like you said, in any aspect sure. of your life.
0: Okay, here's here's a question. What do you absolutely have to know in the beginning when you're dating someone?
1: Hmm, that's an interesting question. I, th- you know, the one, because I was looking for something committed and something long-term, that was one of the first things that I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. If you're looking for a situation ship, if you're looking to hook up or keep it casual, perfect. That's wonderful for you. I'm going to move on because I was looking for something that was going to turn into a relationship. And the last couple of dates I've like, I was very clear, and very blunt and would talk very at length about this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. If you don't feel like that at all fits what you want, then we can part ways amicably. I'll wish you the best, but I know what I want to put my time and energy into. And if we're not going to go in that same direction at some point, then nope, we're done.
0: <laughs> now, is this first date discussion or a second date? What, what is this first date?
1: You know, it has come up on first dates, it's come up on second dates. Uh, I think I've gotten more forward. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> good. Of. As I've, the more I've dated and the more I've kind of put myself out there of being like, either know what you want or you don't. Um, and I'm okay for a couple of dates if we're still trying to figure it out. But if ultimately you don't know what you really want, it question I question why you're dating. So that should be... A, something that's very clear for you. I'm like, am I dating to hook up? Am I dating for commitment? Am I dating for marriage? Am I, what is my reason for wanting to do this? And if you don't know that, then that's an answer in and of itself, whether you meant that's it to pretty be weird. or not. You don't know at all. Or you're
0: just like, <laughs> I'm just here. I don't know. I just, right? <laughs> It'd <laughs> be nice to talk to someone. I don't
1: know. <laughs> like, I don't know why in this economy you would just want to date to date. But
0: whatever, right? I know, right? It's like <laughs> let's just cut to the chase. It's not wasting yes. our time here. I, mean, like, <laughs>
1: like,
0: I would think more people was would not want to waste their time. Was still just like, hey, let's not get too deep into this. And then I find out some stuff about you that I don't like, and you find out stuff about me you don't like. Let's right. just, Just cut to the chase. Are you into this or not? No? All right. Great. You know, like.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that's why it was really important for me to be very clear about what my needs, wants, expectations of a relationship were so that as we are dating, as we're going out, as we're having these conversations, I can start to kind of screen people out. I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel like it's going to go anywhere. But if you don't know what you want, then I think you end up in this like, ether of, are we, are we not just kind of floating around and, you know, and that, if you, that's what you want to do fine. But I just knew I was at this point in my life, at my age, that I have a purpose for what I'm dating and why I'm dating. And hopefully I find somebody who matches that purpose, but if not, I'm still going to go on and create this life that I love.
0: Has that evolved for you over time? Like kind of you've okay I know exactly what I want did you know that a long time ago or was that fairly recent
1: this has been like in the last year really dove deep hardcore kind of did a lot of like work with a therapist and a few things like that just you know having to come to terms with thinking that my life was going to go one way thinking oh yeah I'm going to get married have kids do all this the way that (laughs) I quote unquote supposed to right and then coming to this point in my life where that's wasn't going to happen and at least not maybe in the way that I was expecting it to and learning to come to terms with that, except accepting that and seeing like, okay, from this new perspective, from this new place of where I am in my life, what would make me happy? What's going to bring me joy? What do I find interesting and want to do more of and building it was mostly about building this life that I love and inviting somebody in to add to it. Um, I don't need you to save me. I don't need you to rescue me. I need you to make my life better. And if you weren't going to do that, then I was on to the next.
0: You hear that everyone, Lisa is doing <laughs> yoga, <She's laughs> not putting up with your bullshit, man. I'm just That's telling right. you right now. Come, Better come correct. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now do they have to do yoga with you or is it kind of like, eh?
1: Well, you know, it's funny that, you know, we kind of talked earlier about the sexualization of yeah. yoga and, that was almost a disqualifier for a lot of people. Cause I would tell them I teach and practice yoga. And then all of a sudden it was this like, wink, wink, nod, nod. You do <laughs> yoga. And so the people who have kind of stuck around and who, you know, really were relationship worthy, were not the people who saw it as, oh, she's flexible or she does this. So I think it was, it's not a requirement. Um, if you want to, I would love to practice with you, but this is something that I do for me. I'm happy to talk to you about it and introduce you and bring you on board. But this has always just been something first and foremost for me and my body and my mental health. And, um, I know it's not for everybody. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, that's a, you know, that's a very mature way of looking at it. I mean, because, you know, some people, they, they want, like I say, like, I have a client who like they they're single and they like, man, I swear half my clients are saying like, Darren, hook me up with someone. I'm like, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> like, you don't want to be with my friends. I'd don't i don't know. <laughs> I'd be discerning here. I love them, but they're not for you. You know, like, <laughs> like I got to be with somebody who hikes. I'm like, but do you? I mean, it's like if that's your limiting factor, like, I'm, like, I don't, you, you're going to be cutting out a large segment of people. I'm like, I'm like, you better go to a mountain town or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> know find somebody in a hikers group meetup or something
1: (laughs) yeah and i think sometimes you know we have to be careful that we aren't creating like you said these disqualifiers of like would it be nice that they did this yes is it should it be a deal breaker Mm, i don't know i mean that's completely up to you but i think it has to be like Okay, if we don't hike, do they maybe like to kayak, or is you know are there other things that we could do outdoors that maybe scratch that particular itch? I, I think it's you know you have to be real careful that. You don't just start disqualifying people at, at in Moss because you're like, well, they don't do, they don't like this kind of beer or they don't hike or no. they don't mm-hmm. <laughs> ride motorcycles, whatever it might be. But are there other things that you guys could do together as a couple that maybe you could hike with friends? So yeah. do we have to do, you don't have to do everything together, right? <laughs> I don't think these
0: activities should be like the disqualifier. I'm just going to put it out there. like, Like, you know, how, who they are as a human should be a good part, good chunk of it, like, you know, how they treat you, how they treat themselves, how they, do they want to improve themselves regularly over time? it's like, how they treat other people in their lives, like, you know, kindness, consideration, caring, like that's like more at the top, not like whether they like to skateboard with you or something. It's like, (laughs) oh, you know, just weird. I've been married a long time. It's like, my wife and I don't have a huge amount like that we like to like activity wise. Like she is mm-hmm. into like crafting and chickens and stuff like that. And I am not. <laughs> and it's, it's been <laughs> fine. To- honestly, it's been fine. <laughs> it's like you don't have to do everything together. Honestly, don't do everything together. Seriously. Yes. Do not do everything together. Do a bunch of stuff by yourself. Do some things together. <laughs>
1: yes. like, you know? Right. I would totally agree with that. Like, can we have a conversation? Sometimes right. that's way more important
0: than it's way <laughs> or more do we important. Just
1: sit at, at the, across the table from each other and stare. I mean, I guess if you want to, but can we talk about things? Can we talk about stupid movies we've seen? Can we talk about the deep, deep stuff? Can I be vulnerable with you? I think, you know, yes, there it would be nice to be able to have some activities in common. But at the end of the day, do you feel safe and comfortable and happy with the person that you hopefully are spending your time with as opposed to, well, they don't hike. So
0: You know how many people I talk to who are married who are like, their significant other doesn't like what the other person likes to watch on Netflix. Like, that's pretty common.
1: <laughs> yes. You know,
0: like I go in this room, watch my thing. They go watch this thing. It's a few <laughs> things we like together to watch. And you know, it's like it's pretty common you're not <laughs> gonna like the same movies, probably. <laughs> Maybe a few do great. But, you know, you know, it's just a process. And you're going to grow over time, especially when you've been somewhere a long time. They're generally not the person you met in the beginning anymore. They're very, yes. they're kind of that person, but they've evolved, hopefully in a good way. Right. <laughs> if it's bad, right. you know, <laughs> got to make some decisions, you know, but hopefully you're growing together individually and to get together. It's weird what I just said. Okay, you're <laughs> growing separately, but together. It's, a, I don't know. I know what I'm saying, but.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, that has been like something that I brought up as well. It's like, are you committed to your self-growth journey? Cause that's yes. really important to me. Do we have, as long as we're kind of on the same path and we're going towards making ourselves better, we're not probably going to change so drastically that you don't recognize yeah. yourself. But if you're not interested in improving yourself in working on things that maybe aren't a strength for you, then that's going to be A little bit of an issue for me again not necessarily a deal breaker but there's something about the self-awareness of people who want to improve themselves that's very attractive to me so that was a big part of what I was looking for too
0: so what you're saying is you met some people they didn't want to improve themselves (laughs) 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 what do you want to do not much I just you know (laughs) you're like "Mm, no
1: right not
0: gonna work (laughs) out for me here you know it's like but that's like think about friendship like People grow apart in friendship often because, you know, the one friend is doing something else. They're really pushing forward and you just don't have a lot in common if you're having very different experiences as people. You know, sometimes that just starts breaking apart because you're not having, you're not growing. One person is like, eh, anyways, you know, they're always struggling and then you're trying to be ambitious. It's like, I don't know, Jerry's changed, you know, it's like... (laughs)
1: Well, and I, now. Yeah. a lot of it was like knowing that sometimes there are just certain friendships for certain seasons of your life, Correct. that there were friendships that I thought were going to be forever, but they weren't. But looking back, I'm like, oh, but I see the like how we grew and they challenged me or how had I not met that person, I probably wouldn't have met this person. And that created a like a ripple effect relationship. Yeah. But allowing that just because you were friends since you were in preschool, does not mean that doesn't make a friendship that's longer any better than a, somebody you've known six months. I think there's this idea that time somehow makes it more important or better, but you can know somebody for a very short amount of time and have a connection that maybe took twenty years with somebody else.
0: Yeah, I mean that was <clears throat> very well said. I mean I think it's
1: it, it's it's very
0: interesting how you look at that. I look at it very similarly. I also have like kind of like a tiered relationship with friendships. Mm. It's kind of like, okay, this is someone I may talk to every once in a while, someone I spend a lot of time with, and someone I may talk to once a year. And I'm good with all of that. It's like, we don't have to be super tight. And you just know it anyways. It's like, right? <laughs> just, you're right? I mean, you just know it. You're like, I'm not going to spending a lot of time with you. I can
1: just tell. <laughs> I think there was always relationships where like, they expect a certain Lisa to show up and I may be not that Lisa anymore. And so I think those are the like, oh, we say hi in the grocery store, or we message each other on Facebook or you like, or whatever it is. And then there are the people who have been in the trenches with you, who have seen you and know who you are and who you're working towards. And you can have that different relationship. But that tiered idea is a beautiful one where you're like, yeah, there are just some people who you're like sending a a smiley face on Facebook. And then there are the people that you have those like really in-depth, deep conversations with and any along the spectrum, there's this whole range of of what friendships.
0: Yeah. It's a huge spectrum. It's actually a huge spectrum. And uh, I think it's one that, you know, I've talked to a few people, they look at it as an all or nothing thing. And I'm like, well, why? I'm like, it's just different versions of it. And it's like you said, the seasons, Of it. And, you know, sometimes you kind of come back together and sometimes you don't. I'll be okay with that. And it's like, eh, you know, it was a great we had a great time partying when we did, man. It was unbelievable. (laughs) But, you know, we're done partying with someone else
1: now. Right. (laughs) But I'm like, I can't be out till 2 a.m. every weekend. Right. I just, yeah, my- I mean, I'm kind of a happy hour person now. Right. I mean, like, my day starts
0: early when I start hanging out. <laughs> i like yeah. in bed by 9.30, 10. I'm like, you,
1: know. you want me to leave the house when? No.
0: It doesn't start at 11. It starts at like 2 p.m. Right. Like, that's how it's going to happen. That or nothing. That's yes. how it's going to be that well that this uh i gotta check out this podcast is dating podcast uh, it sounds interesting especially if you're telling bad stories those are funny
1: <laughs> we haven't i haven't actually had too many of those but we you know we've been we started on our new season and we're talking about i think the topics obviously that interest us so we did a whole series about you know how to date through the holidays which you know mm can be really interesting. We've been talking about anger languages, which is, I think, you know, everybody knows what their love language is. And I saw somebody on TikTok talking about anger languages. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) that's the other side of the coin that, you know, we don't wanna talk about We wanna talk about how it easy is to love somebody, but wanting to talk about all different aspects of, you know, dating and relationships and how we do it in this modern age now.
0: Seems psychotic, honestly. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Seems so crazy, like. And then I, t- I wonder what people I'm like. If you're gonna be in a long-term relationship, I don't know, man. The hardest part is actually doing the long-term part. The meeting people, I can, I'm sure it can be challenging. But it's like, it's like when people get so focused on getting married to somebody, like the wedding. Mm, don't spend yeah. your time on that part. Like, <laughs> yeah. just spend very little money on the wedding. I'm telling you, keep it low key. The most important part is the actual relationship you're going to actually do. Right. <laughs> the wedding part, don't go into debt for something that may or may not work. It actually doesn't work out for a lot of people. I mean, it's right. <laughs> like the smallest, tiniest part. Like my wife and I had a very low key wedding and it was amazing. And I went to a lot of like really high end weddings and a couple of I was like, oh, ours was the best. Like it was very low key. We didn't blow a bunch of money. And, you know, we kept it real about us and not, you know, this huge thing. I mean, if you want to have a big one, that's fine. Or you want to, but really the reality is the rubber meets the road and you're like seven, 10, 15, 20 years old, right. that's really what matters. It's like, <laughs> I mean, the beginning part, it's almost like it gets further away. You're like, we did that. <laughs> like
1: it's like, know. save the money for counseling and some of that Investing stuff down yourself.
0: the road. <laughs> like, yeah, get therapy you know get some resilience training learn yeah. how to deal with conflict because mm-hmm. you're gonna have conflict it's like unavoidable it's literally yes. unavoidable <laughs> and then you're going to have conflict and now i'm at the point where i embrace it actually i embrace the conflict When we have an argument i'm like you know what we're gonna we're gonna catapult ourselves forward because we've had this very honest conversation that was uncomfortable you know and it's like, we, we need to, I <laughs> said, so my wife I was like, I actually am happy. We did this. She's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, <laughs> happy. We had an argument. I'm like, yeah. I like, <laughs> like moving forward. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> like- I think, what is it? Technically the first 10 seconds of the argument is actually the hardest part. Is that most that difficult part of like. Uh initiating this conversation if you can get through those like first 10 seconds oh then you're good right yeah. <laughs> we've actually just started it. now we can have the conversation
0: yeah exactly i mean and listen if you want to have children too like i mean that's like eight billion times harder <laughs> like <laughs> you're gonna be repeating yourself like literally thousands of times over so many oh lord i mean it's just you're just adding on <laughs> tremendous stress <laughs> like, <laughs> So, you know, I mean, you want a long term thing for people out there? It's not like it gets easier when you start adding <laughs> on all these things. You got to be a great chess player over time. It's wonderful, but like, don't get it twisted. It's challenging. <laughs> it's like,
1: like you they know. just kind of, the challenges kind of shift and morph as you go oh, through man. the years. <laughs> I mean,
0: just think about it. I mean, you're meeting somebody who is already an adult. Think about when you're raising someone who is literally like an alien. Like they've never known what it's like to live on planet Earth. So all the customs and traditions you have, it's foreign to them. They literally have no clue what you're talking about. It's like, oh, you know, you should brush your teeth. Why do I have to do that? Really? I have to explain this to you? (laughs) And then you (laughs) then you then you remind them to brush their teeth literally every day for a ton of years. (laughs) Like
1: (laughs) I have a four year old niece and when I watch her, there's this like this constant what? I just said that what <laughs> all yeah. right one more time <laughs> let's, re- let's repeat
0: this again it's the yeah. bane of my existence I'm not joking I, mean, I love my daughter to death she's 11 but like the other day I was like I've repeated this same thing for like 11 years I'm pretty tired I'm like exhausted. It
1: hasn't changed in the 11 years yeah so. I'm
0: like when is this gonna click like, like I'm like man I'm, you're gonna be buying me some drinks when you're 21 right <laughs> I need to get a lot out of this in the future. (laughs) Man. Well, listen, Lisa, you are a lot of fun. Thank you. You know what you want? Yeah, it should be fun, right? Mm And if it's bad, that's bad. (laughs) Like, like, don't put this episode out. But you seem like a very lovely person. And I would love for you you. to tell all the people who are going to listen to this, how they can connect with you.
1: Uh most uh, active over on Instagram at Lisa Thruston. Um my website, Authentic Victories. So it's just authenticvictories.com. I have a whole bunch of stuff out there, some uh freebies and things that you can access and get into my online yoga spaces if that's what you're looking for. But yeah, the website and Instagram, the two best places to find me online right now.
0: And the new website, Authentic Dating, coming soon. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: This could me. be this just, nice offshoot. I made that up.
0: I made that up. Seriously, I made that up. But it could be a new website. It could. Be. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll be in touch.
1: Thank you so much for having me.